Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. I'm glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 2 of Let's Talk Hemp in the 422. I'm your co-host, Morris Beagle, hanging out with my partner in hemp spirit, Rick Trojan, here at the 422, where every day is Earth Day. This week, we will be discussing the a for m American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine Conference that took place in Las Vegas a month ago in which 14, 15 hemp-based CBD companies ran into some issues with providing product samples and selling products, and even one of them got their products confiscated. We're also going to follow up on last week's conversation and make a few quick corrections. As we attempt to be as accurate as possible on this show, we're introducing a new segment called Full Disclosure, which Rick can describe a little more since he's the one who typed out the misinformation that I misinterpreted and screwed up last episode. Yep, it was my bad, but only because Rick fucked it up to begin with. Rick? Correct. If, dys- if dys- dyslexia had a name, which is like inserting words that weren't there, then you would have that condition, whatever that condition is called. Um, because the, you, there was an cr- incorrect statement last week. It was the fact that the um, the governor of Indiana was trying to correct the attorney general of Indiana about his his incorrect stance on CBD being illegal, when in fact both the governor and the attorney general uh, have their heads up in la-la land thinking that CBD is illegal, and they told residents to or their local businesses to go off the streets within 60 days. So it was both the attorney general and the governor. So that's uh, what I said last week. For, yeah, but then we didn't. No, you said the governor changed his mind, but it's okay. We can go back and check the tapes. We can misspeak, but obviously in full disclosure, full frontal right now, we've, we've, we've presented the information, both the attorney general and the uh, governor of Indiana have their heads too far up places to be unable to see the reality of the legal situation, which is CBD is legal in uh, that state. It is not a controlled substance anywhere. So that is that. So that is our full disclosure. Well, we do want to have full disclosure. We want to be as accurate as possible on this show, and we will make mistakes here and there on occasion. And if we do, feel free to drop us an email at the 422 at com and correct us, and we'll make disclosure of the following episode, maybe. If we're not making mistakes, we're not growing. So let's grow, brother. Do this. It's the grow-off. That would be a great name for a show. Somebody should do that. The grow-off? I don't even, yeah, that could go so many ways wrong. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> the grow-off. Right. I think Jake and Samantha already did that one. So let's talk about the anti-aging conference. Um this thing in Vegas where a lot of CBD companies headed out like a month ago. Um, some of them had been there before. It's a holistic practitioners conference, and it seems that there were some issues there. Dude, A4M, the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. This is, sounds fantastic. This is like Ponce de Leon's Fountain of Youth, but like in real life and now. Uh, and the fact we had 14, 15 CBD companies there is, is amazing. In fact, you and I are already taking CBD as a dietary supplement is also awesome because we're already anti-aging ourselves without even knowing we're doing that, which is awesome. So, uh, but at any rate, we're going to have uh, two great guests on tonight that were at the A4M conference in Vegas at the Sands Hotel right after, by the way, MJ BizCon, which was in, um, in Vegas as well in mid-November. So um, we have a couple of people. We got Brad from Functional Remedies. 
And we also have Scott from Cannabinoid Creations, who's going to tell us his experience and his company's experience. A little bit different on each side, but uh, definitely worth taking a look at and listen to, and then we'll chat about it afterwards. Sounds good, but we'll get right into the show. We'll bring those guys up. Welcome back to Let's Talk Hemp in the 422. We are here with episode two. This time we're discussing Vegas raids, and we've got Brad Beagle from Functional Remedies on the phone. Welcome, Brad. Good morning, Morris. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. It's good to have my brother, real brother, on on the show. This is a first. I am a real brother, not just a brother in arms, but a real brother. And I also want to thank Morris for introducing me to the hemp business about uh, 10 months ago. And I've enjoyed my time at Functional Remedies the last uh, eight plus months. Totally recognize the opportunity and the challenges in the industry and very glad to be part of it. It's good to have people from yeah. outside of the industry come in that have a little different perspective. So welcome to the hemp industry. Oh, thanks. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. And with that, you um, recently came on to Functional Remedies as the Director of Sales and Marketing, correct? Yeah, I handle sales and marketing, reporting Tim Gordon. My actual title, not that I'm big on titles, is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing, but basically I'm the sales and marketing guy leading us forward to uh, build a new brand. Yeah, so it's a real honor to do that and a real honor to report to Tim and be part of what Tim's been working on for a good number of years. And it's a great, it was a great product. You guys, CBDRX and Functional Remedies New Brand has been a great uh, contributor to the industry. And you guys yeah, have um, recently recently pivoted to, you went to the, the A4M, the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. There was a conference That's recently a in Las Vegas. It, it is, is a mouthful. It yeah. is a mouthful. So yes, tell us is. about, first, tell us about how you first of all started focusing on or why, why you picked this conference and then kind of tell us about, you know, right. kind of the big picture who was there, kind of paint a picture for us about the conference itself. That's a perfect question. And actually, uh, as Morris probably knows, really our forced first foray outside of the traditional uh, no cohemp expo where we participated last uh, good number of years and made a really uh, concerted effort to start uh, announcing our brand in a bigger way. And actually that show specifically was uh, recommended by someone very close to the company and uh, thought it would be a perfect place for us to unveil the brand, start talking to practitioners, functional medicine doctors, if you will, in a real meaningful way. So uh, we actually registered more late than early, so uh, kind of late to the party, but wound up with a reasonable location and really glad to be there actually talking to an audience we're very focused on, which is uh, folks in the practitioner world and clearly folks that are interested, maybe more knowledgeable about hemp-based CBD. So it was really our first chance to unveil the brand and not that you've asked, Rick, but we plan to do a lot more of that in the future is really just helping under- people understand that the importance of hemp-based CBD uh, wherever we can tell our story. So. Just to build on that quickly, why why do you feel that the type of practitioners and the type of people that attend A4M specifically, why do you think they're more open or understanding, about, knowledgeable about uh, hemp-based solutions? Well, as we look at our business, there's the obvious, you know, direct-to-consumer that we're building a strategy on that as well. And then if you think about other places to start building uh, distribution velocity, retail would be an obvious one and one that's probably going to come a little bit later to the party based on a lot of different variables. But if you think about functional medicine doctors, uh, folks in the practitioner world, there seems to be a bit more awareness in terms of uh, what our products are and what they do for people, and hopefully people understand that they're legal in all 50 states. Uh, so we're really thinking that's a place to build advocacy for in-based CBD and people that can you know, personally recommend to clients 
customers uh, things that help them uh, with their wellness program. So we, we really want to focus on places where we can build advocacy and awareness and help educate people that can educate uh, future consumers. First off, thanks to you and, and Functional Remedies and other companies that are taking this step into the the holistic, functional doctors, um, natural products market, because this is an obvious transition for these products, you know, well beyond your right. standard hemp choir slash cannabis choir, so much more to the marketplace than, than the sectors that, that we all have initially started in. I'm glad to see right. the companies are, are taking this step and moving to educating the general masses on sure. this. So moving on, how many days was this show? And were there any requirements or permits that you needed to get prior to the show and for what? Okay. Well, the show was uh, specifically three or three and a half days of exhibiting for us. There may have been some seminars for people to participate in, but it was in essence a Thursday, Friday, a good part of Saturday show. And uh, no, there weren't any requirements. As uh, we did the registration, there were no specific things that we had to do to participate. And you'll probably ask me the question, what was communicated relative to our ability to be at the show and participate? And they were very clear that we could uh, show up and show our products, uh, hand out samples, uh, have people consume samples there at the show, as well as sell if we wanted to. We made the decision not to do that at the show, but uh, there were no uh, limitations relative to our participation. Why did you decide not to um, make sales at the show? Just wasn't one of the core things we thought was important. Uh, we really, uh, like I said earlier, we're having our first show, and not that we won't do those kind of things in the future, but really made a decision to uh, engage in meaningful communications and education. And clearly, we had uh, the opportunity to sample, which we did in, in a big way. And we thought that was the best strategy, so we could follow up with people afterwards, and in essence, uh, build relationships after the show. Did you have any problems giving away samples? You know, not for the first uh, day and a half. Uh, we gave them out uh, liberally, and we were sampling uh, three different things, capsules, tinctures, and salve. Uh, but on the second day, about midway through the day, uh, some folks swung by, and I'm sure you'll ask me about those folks, but uh, said uh, we needed to stop uh, sampling. So uh, we were un unable to do that for the second half of the show. Unable, so just, uh, just, just to be clear, um, and if you already know our questions, Brad, then we can't ask them. So, <laughs> what? Who? Who came in and who came in and said you could not provide samples any further? What was it? Was it Sands? Was that you know, law there enforcement? Were, was there it? Were, there were there were folks, uh, a couple different folks. There was a uh, woman that was from the uh, state of Nevada, and I will probably not get her position and title correctly, but in essence, uh, food safety, and she was there representing uh, the state of Nevada. And uh, okay. with a letter that she handed out to, I think there were 14 other CBD-based companies at the show, and everybody was handed out the same letter. She was also walking the show with two folks from the uh, Sands Hotel, which is everybody may or may not know is a casino and operating mm -hmm. on the premises. And so she was escorted by two other gentlemen representing that facility. Which is owned by Sheldon Adelson, just so we'll add, and we'll get to that later. Um, so it was Nevada yeah. Food and Safety, and that letter, what, what, what did that letter contain? I don't remember the specific verbiage, Rick, but basically uh, that we were not able to uh, sample consumables at the show and give those out to consumers. Because it had cannabidiol in it? In essence, yeah. I don't want to try to paraphrase the letter. That letter was sent off to our president, who then sent that off to uh, some folks that are uh, on our legal side of the business. Uh, sure. And I really left it at that. 
So you didn't give away any more samples and nobody else was giving away samples that last, last part of the event to your knowledge. And yeah. do you, did any of your product get confiscated during no. this? No, no. And to be a little more specific about the conversation, because uh, I asked a lot of questions and listened for intent, uh, we were trying to determine what we'd be able to actually show at all and whether we could show marketing materials or have products on the table. Uh, we became It became clear that we were able to do those two things, but really the only prohibition was not being able to hand out samples. And frankly, uh, it was a little <clears throat> bit of a limitation and obviously not what we preferred to be able to put things in people's hands and follow up quickly about the, you know, how they felt about the product and how it impacted them. But we were able to then follow up and send samples after the show as people gave us their contact information to be able to do that. But you were under the, there at no point until the, until the um, food safety folks and the fans hotel folks came in to you with a letter at, at day one and a half. At no point prior to that did you think you were doing anything that, that was prohibited or was even an, an issue, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely not. We were there with the understanding of being able to do everything I said earlier, which is to uh, sample, show our products, and if we wanted to even sell our products. With that, I mean, kind of out of left field, which is, seems to happen sometimes these days, sure. oftentimes these days. But uh, what did, obviously, there's ups and downs and pros and cons to every situation, but what did you and what did Functional Remedies take away from uh, this experience specifically? This is your first experience outside, really, the hemp right. world and, and, and this kind of, which I mean, I don't think is an uncommon experience really given sure. what I've seen on the road, but what did you take away and what, is, what, what will functional remedies do differently next time, if anything? Well, that's, that's the obvious, uh, you know, finale question if we're heading towards that finish line, but uh, clearly we weren't the only ones surprised. And as I walked the show and talked to other folks in our space, um, there were people that had been at that show for the previous three years and had never had that issue come up. So all of us were surprised especially those that have been there before. And I think really what it comes down to, Rick and Morris, is uh, education. And as everybody ought to know, um, it is legal to uh, ship these products and sell these products in all 50 states. And uh, that is the fact. And that's the fact that uh, you'll find on our website. And it really comes down to the lack of education or a need for more education about uh, what hemp is and how hemp is regulated different from cannabis. And it's really about education and making sure people understand uh, what we're talking about and what we're selling. You mentioned this legal in all 50 states, which continues to come up in our industry. And personally, I feel with hemp-derived anything uh, that it is legal in 50 states, regardless if it's extracted CBD or other <clears throat> cannabinoids that don't have THC, even right. coming from the flower. That's certainly my personal opinion. There is no health risk. There's never been. It shouldn't even be on any schedule. And it was never called right. out on the Controlled Substances Act. But there is some legislation that has language in it in a few states, um, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Indiana, where it's, it's a bit confusing and the industry is challenging this. But we have government officials that are saying that it is illegal there's language that says that, that it's been scheduled to a Schedule 4, I believe, in Nebraska that CBD has. And we've got GW Pharma and some other lobbying entities out there that are trying to get <laughs> language in there to, to really put up some roadblocks for this industry. And I think we're going to get this settled this year. With uh, There's a lawsuit with the DEA that's going to be coming to a head here in the next two or three weeks. Right, Rick? There's a couple. One mediation is coming up in the middle, middle of February in a month, so... 
on the extract rule, but there's a couple different ones. But in the event, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an issue. So are you guys shipping to all 50 states at this point, Brad? Yep. And we continue to say what I just said earlier, which is it is legal in all 50 states. And I believe, uh, not speaking for people specifically, but everybody in our space is approaching it the same way. Yep. And I, and I think, and I'm with you, it's never been a, a controlled substance. Some states are, are starting right. to do some some things, but right. I, I, I'm with you. I think right. it's, a, it's a supplement and much like... Right. You, know, you can't control lavender oil unless you can't control it the same. So I'm, I'm with you, and we sure. really appreciate uh, you taking that stance as a as a company. So I think that's that's, that's the right side of well, history. We, we believe that what we are producing and selling, it's legal, it's safe, and it's very good for your body. And really, Rick and Morris, that's the education we continue to beat the drum on, which is, yes, it's legal, yes, it's safe, yes, it's really good for you. And it's really back to education. And, and uh, it's education and access for the whole industry. We need to educate people so they really understand those three things and then make sure they have access to it, whether it's on everybody's website, communicate clearly, effectively, uh, legally, and then making sure it's available, whether you're buying it from your practitioner, your chiropractor, your massage therapist, your acupuncturist, whoever might be you know, espousing the virtues of hemp-based CBD. And ultimately, as we all know and hope, at some point in time, it will be much more available at retail, and there will be many other Lucky's markets that want to get behind the business. It's a great business. It's adding value to apothecaries and supplement sections as we speak in those stores across the country. It's, it is the next big innovation in supplements, as I've been told, and I continue to rally around. This is the next big innovation in supplements, and this is going to be a big business. Agreed. All right. Yep. Well, thanks, Brother Brad. Appreciate having you on thank you for, the 422. Thank you for including me. This has been a good conversation. Thanks for letting us uh, tell a little bit of our story. And uh, we're excited for what's going to happen in 2018 for the entire industry. It's going to be a big year and a very, very, very positive year. Thanks for your time. Appreciate right. you coming on. Thank you. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate Talk it. Talk soon. All right. That's a wrap. Next up, we have Scott Leshman from Cannabinoid Creations. Welcome, Scott, to Let's Talk Hemp and the 422. Hey, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. We had a we had an interesting time at A4M Expo, which was uh, middle of December in uh, Las Vegas at the Sands Expo. And uh, somehow we ended up becoming uh, public enemy number one uh, for, ha- for serving hemp soda and, and hemp CBD products. Yeah, tell us a little bit about about um, what you know. Were there requirements before the show? Was there communication about you can or can't yeah. sell um, products? Or kind of tell us how the lay of the land and 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 why you picked the show and kind of how things laid out as far as what you what your expectations were uh, going into the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we saw the show. We thought that it was going to be something interesting to be able to go into. We saw, you know, there were a handful of other CBD companies who were going to be there, such as like. You know, uh, CW, same with, uh, um, Isodial and CV Sciences and Hep Meds and Folium amongst probably 10 other companies that were there. So, you know, leading up to the show, we always do sampling. I joke, we're like Costco. We, you know, we give product away. We want people to be able to try our product. And that's part of why we say we're CV different because you try our product and you know it's not like anything else that's on the market. So we went through and set up sampling through the SANS Expo, who needed to get approval from the health department. And so, you know, I got a call from the SANS Expo. This was about a month beforehand. And they're like, oh, you know, the person from the health department wants to talk to you. I said, 
no problem. I'm happy to talk and see what the story is. So, you know, they had no idea what CBD was as an ingredient or anything that thereof. And I said to the person from the health department, I said, look, use me as a resource. I'm happy to be able to help. I'm like, everything's legal here in your state now from adult use to medicinal use. And our products are sold in convenience stores right down the road from here. So, and we were just here the prior month at the MJ Biz Show, and we were sampling and doing the same stuff that we were looking to do at this show. The only difference is MJ Biz was at the convention center. This one's happened to be at the Sands Expo, which is, which has a gaming license. And that's really kind of where they tried to hang in their hat. So we got approval to be able to do samples there on site. And then we were three hours into the show and the health department shows up. And I happen to be off site at a meeting and get a phone call from my guys going, yeah, the health department's trying to tear apart our booth right now and expel us from the show. It was wow. that true? Were they trying to take down your actual booth and were they trying to, to, to get you guys escorted off of the grounds? Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, I was off site, so thankfully, like, cooler heads prevailed in that respect. And, you know, we said, look, why don't we just throw a curtain over this? Why don't we like, you know, let's kill the situation here real quick. Um, thankfully, I mean, there was a, a, a co-packer, a bottler who does CBD products right next to me. There was a group right across from us. Um, you know, there was uh, Jason Cerns who, from Hoban Law who was there. So he ended up stepping in to assist in what was going on as well, especially when I was off site. So, you know, I came back. I talked to the people from the show. I talked to the health department. I talked to the people from the sands and you know, at the end of the day, they're like, well, you know, I said, look, you guys asked me to bring virgin soda. I did exactly that. Well, do you have testing to show that there's nothing in it? And I'm like, really? No. <laughs> you know, why, why would I think that I had to show testing that there's nothing in a product that we're just giving out a sample? So, you know, we were able to eventually show invoices and different stuff and, and things from there. And they finally let us open back up just to give out the soda on the very last day. Uh, for a couple hours. So really, we were open for business six hours out of 20. Did anybody else that you know of, CBD company-wise, have issues with uh, getting shut down or product confiscated? I was the only one who actually got one from the fan, from the legal department, spelling me out exactly, saying that I'm selling cannabis and Schedule 1 products. Um, therefore, it's completely illegal to be on their grounds. Uh, therefore, if we make any attempts, pass out any paper, take an order, make any sale, all that's completely illegal. Um, so that's really what they did to us. But you um, are a hemp-derived CBD company, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been making CBD products for almost 10 years now. So we only had one choice originally, and that was to import. So we've gone through to do things the right way from the beginning. Um, and that's why we even asked for permission to sample and to be there. All of us have our food handler licenses in every state that we go in. We have our hand wash station in every place that we go because we sample. We want to do it the right way and lead by example, um, you know, versus anything else. So that's what partly transpired there. From Folium got messed with for about an hour that they had to, like, stop showing some products. There was another company, and that was their very first show, called Hemp Logica. They got messed with a little bit, and then they were kind of told to close down, and then, you know, they just continued to reopen and, and did. We abided by what the Sands Expo wanted us to do. You know, we held tight. We said, okay, you know, we won't sell anything. We get where you're coming from. 
you know, allow us to at least talk to the 5,000 physicians who are here so we can see if we can try to make lemonade out of the situation that we had there. And so, you know, we were able to do that at that point, but, you know, we, we needed to be able to kind of press on from there. So, you know, Jason from Hoban was like, look, you know, this is select prosecution. You guys are just going after these guys, have them shut down. You know, and I'm saying to the people from the show and from the health department, look, if this is a gaming board issue and you guys are telling me I'm selling cannabis, if you're having talks about the endocannabinoid system and CBD, this entire show should be closed. In fact, you have 16 companies who are hemp-derived CBD companies, and if they're saying CBD is illegal, all this entire show has to be closed. All of us need to be booted from the show. You know, so, you know, so that was kind of that. And we're like, look, Ice and Isle is a couple rows over from us. They have someone who's up on stage right now talking about CBD, and you're going after me for serving virgin soda? Everyone else is passing out CBD products as samples. So we abided by what they asked of us. And at the end of the day, they didn't care. They didn't want to, they didn't want to learn. They didn't want to know. Do you foresee any, any legal action? Do you, do you, are you going to pursue any legal action against the fans or the groups that, uh, the event coordinators for, uh, well, for what happened? You know, for me, I'm kind of chalking it up to a learning lesson. The people from A4M had promised me a whole bunch of different stuff uh, regarding their next show that they're doing in Florida, regarding doing things that they'd be able to make up for us, including at one point offering me my money back from this show. And at that point, I re- you know, in hindsight, I really should have taken that at that moment in time. Great. You're cutting me a check. Great. I'll take it. Let's go. Now, you know, I just ended up talking to him over the past two days. Going, look, you guys offered me, you know, a booth to be a title sponsor, to do all this different stuff at your next show. You guys offered to do a webinar and to be able to send out emails to everybody on my behalf. At the end of the day, they're like, yeah, we didn't promise you any of that stuff. That's really? what they told me yesterday. Yeah, they're like, yeah, if you want to participate, you fill out the application and pay for a booth. I'm like, huh? So I reached out to the attorney from Hoban. He called me back yesterday and I'm like, you were there with me when they offered me all this stuff, right? He's like, oh, yeah, they offered you everything under the sun. Well, they now have selective memory and saying they're not doing boo for me. And that I brought it on myself and it's all my fault. And that I should have informed them that there was going to be an issue before I even walked into the place. So it sounds like this situation isn't quite done yet for you. No, I mean, at, at this point, I mean, there's you know, we end up getting our shipment back and things were all damaged. So I have claims into that. We have, you know, and I'm trying to work through with uh, the group from A4M, you know, what they don't realize is they're making a big mistake by doing this uh, with us. Um, But that's going to be their issue at the end of the day. Um, Yeah. I mean, all I can do is uh, write a letter and hope that they're going to do something out of the goodness of their heart, which, you know, showing their colors at this point, they're not going to do anything. Um, so I just need to chalk it up to a learning lesson. In the meantime, since that ended up transpiring, we were looking to do another show on the strip, a chiropractic show that we were going to end up attending. And I spoke with the person who was putting that show on. I said, look, this is the hassle that we just went through. I don't want to live through this again. And I said, I'm giving you the heads up. Please find out if this is going to be an issue for it, for us. Cause if it is, let me know. Cause I'm not going to be interested in doing the show when I was looking to be a title sponsor and to do all this different stuff. They were thankful that I made them aware of what was going on and you know they refunded me my deposit and reached out to another company who was going to be doing hemp CBD products there and told them what the situation was 
and they blew up at him going, you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about, this and that. And I said, look, use me as a resource, have the person call me. I'm like, I know what we just went through. And at this point, you know, Vegas, if there is any show that's on the strip and you're a hemp CBD company, you know, just kind of buyer beware that you could very well get shut down. You won't have any recourse and it's completely out of your hands. So for us, the learning lesson that we took is no more shows on the strip. We can only do shows at the convention center because it's not tied to a gaming license. Or you can come to Colorado and do shows out here because we love CBD. Well, I'll, I'll be here for I'll be here for NOCO at uh, you know first weekend in April, so I'm, I'm looking forward to coming out to that and participating in that. Well, we're looking forward to having you out here, and thanks for uh, stepping up to the plate and and fighting the man and those that are trying to shut this down with without cause. Yes, yeah, uh, well, I appreciate it. You know, we're just trying to help as many people as possible. I'm a patient first and foremost, so I know what it's like living in pain. And, uh, you know, we just want to help everyone out there. So, you know, that's really the main point of, of what we're trying to do. Great. Well, we appreciate it. So thanks so much, Scott. Um, Scott with Cannab- Cannabinoid Creations. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on and have a safe trip back to the Midwest. Thank you much. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> Thanks again to Scott and Brad for joining us and sharing their experiences from A for M. And now we're going to move on and get into some current news. One thing that's been kind of a hot topic here in Colorado the last week is there's a new bill that calls for a tracking agent to be applied to both marijuana and hemp, which uh, Westward just put out an article on this. We also talked to a good friend of ours, Samantha Walsh, who's been in the lobbying side of the industry for the last you know, many, many years here in Colorado and has done a great job. She reached out to me and Rick. What do you know about this bill, Rick? Essentially, it proposes to put a tracking mechanism. So it's some kind of isomer or chemical or something on the actual cannabis plant itself and then utilize that tracking mechanism, which lives for the life of the plant, to track where that where that end product of that plant matter ends up. Um, it, it doesn't identify a technology. It indicates that Colorado State uh, University will will develop a technology, and then that that sole developer will then have the the sole right to sell that technology with grants given from the state to buy that technology for law enforcement. So super ambiguous, uh, really uncalled for. We already have a tracking mechanism. I'm on both sides of the plant. Uh, we already have tracking mechanisms, so it's not really necessary. And being beholden to something that someone puts on our on our plants is suspect to start with, especially when we don't know what it is. So super suspicious. They don't really know why or how or what the reason for this this bill is. But uh, there's definitely a lot of pushback from the industrial hemp and the, the commercial side of the plant because it's not really necessary. Well, I think people that want to find out more about this is a really good article in Westward. So if you go to the Google, put in Westward marijuana tracking bill. Yeah, this article has got some great stuff. Let me take a quote out of here that's relatively amusing. Contacted for their responses, representatives of three dispensary change called the bill everything from fucking crazy to ludicrous. I think that pretty much sums up what, what people think about this bill. Moving on, we've got Colorado first certified hemp seed from New West Genetics. What's up with that, Rick? Dude, New West Genetics, um, they are they have a couple of good seed varieties available. Limited quantity, but definitely looking for strategic partners to you know really start growing uh, this variety in a couple of different environments across the country. So 
Um, if you're interested, reach out, let us know. We can hook you up with folks there at New West. They've been doing some great stuff. A couple of great varieties. And like you said, more certified seeds, certified here in the state of Colorado. So uh, for those states that need a certified uh, partner or those groups that want a certified partner uh, here in Colorado and their local state, reach out to us and we'll, we'll get you taken care of. We've got some other stuff coming down the pike. There's some cool stuff coming up with some events. Uh, Morris, and might not know what else is coming, uh, coming around the turn here. So going on in Wisconsin at the end of February, we're partnering up with this event called the Central U.S. Hemp Growers Conference and Expo. You can find them on the net at centralushemp.com. It's February 26th and 27th in Madison, Wisconsin. They are looking for sponsors, exhibitors, and speakers. And it seems right now they've got, you know, they got exhibitors coming on and from the Wisconsin and Minnesota area. There's also quite a few speakers that have been committed. I heard that Doug Fine just committed. I think Bob Hoban's going to be there, and I might end up making an appearance myself. So that looks like a, a pretty good event for a first-year event. You know, there's going to be a, a scene and an industry building in that part of the country. There's no doubt about it. Minnesota's got a lot of stuff that's happened here in the last couple of years. And Wisconsin, they're at the border of Canada. There's there's a lot of things that can happen in regards to industrial hemp. Well, Wisconsin was the largest producer, if I'm not mistaken, of uh, industrial hemp during the Hemp for Victory campaign. So there's a, there's a place called Hempstead, Wisconsin, the Menominee tribe, tried growing it before they got raided by the feds uh, to, in 2015. So there's a great history of uh, of hemp in Wisconsin. So I'm excited to see them work to see them as a country coming back on board. And hopefully the Menominee and the tribes there in uh, Wisconsin will follow suit. Tune in next week, same day, same time, for another episode of Let's Talk Hemp in the 422, and we'll see you then. Later, Rick. Stay Morris. Have a good one. All right. Till next time. Rock on. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.